Blind Spotters, a movie podcast about the movies we missed. I'm Zach Pocklip. And I'm Amanda Luberto. Amanda, we're making a pod. <laughs> Look at us, man, after all these years. We've got a name. We've got a logo. We still have our friendship. I think everything's going well. I think some of those are uh, easier to obtain than others, but I'm glad that we're all here. <laughs> this is true. Uh, first things first, everybody's probably like, why are we listening to Zach and Amanda talk on a microphone? And that's fair. Uh, do you want to explain to the people what this podcast will be? Yeah, for sure. So it's called Blind Spotters, and we're people that have always loved movies and we love to chat about movies, especially with each other, but we also recognize that we have really large gaps in our cinematic history, um, and we want to continue to eliminate that. Last year, I set a personal goal to only watch movies I hadn't seen before because I am a self-described serial rewatcher. I've seen a lot of the same movies over and over again, and that wasn't helping me with my blind spots. So I watched a bunch of new movies last year, and I know you did the same. Yeah, I think it was more so for me, uh, I just like knowing things. And so whether I was like reading <laughs> articles or listening to podcasts or watching movies, people would be like, oh, this movie reminds me of this movie. And I'm like, well, I, I got to find out what that is now, especially because I grew up being a sports fan and like sports history is something that I took some pride in. And I think something we both share is a... I'm willing to say genuine hatred for that moment when you're like, oh, I haven't seen this movie. And then someone's like, oh, my God, you haven't seen this movie. What have you been doing? Oh, my, what? Is, like, you need to go watch that right now. I was like, sir, there's a lot of content out there. I have a well-rounded life. I have to consume so much content. <laughs> like as two people who have jobs in making content and stare yeah. at screens mostly all day sometimes you just want to rewatch. well for you like law and order for the millionth time love it love an svu episode when i know it's gonna happen next <laughs> uh anyway um so we've talked a lot about this whole concept of um you know wanting to be up on movies because we it's something that we're kind of babies in our passions about um and so we kind of decided to just bring that to the podcast and also kind of to keep each other accountable of like, I've been telling you to watch this movie for a year now. Please watch it. Yeah. I think another reason why I, this uh, project is going to be good for us is that we have a Venn diagram of interests. Like we saw a lot of movies together that we really liked, but we also have the outer circles of some of your favorite movies are movies I would never consider putting on just because they're not really geared toward me and vice versa. And I think, but they're still like really important films. So I think being able to swap movies and be like, no, 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 this is a film like you actually need to see. And I think you'd like it, even though you may not have searched for it yourself is something that this podcast will help us achieve. So how about we start with just, so this is kind of like an intro episode. Uh, the podcast is going to feature a lot of movie swaps where Zach and I both pick a movie based around a loose topic. Um, and then we watch each other's movies and we talk about them. But we wanted to first start off with a little intro pod, get to know us as people and movie watchers and our relationship to movies and our history with film and things like that. So Zach, why don't you start off by telling uh, me what kind of movies you like? Obviously, as a millennial growing up in the 2000s and 2010s, my movie history is really shaped by the MCU and Star Wars and lots of IP. Uh, other than that, though, 
Uh, movies I love. I really enjoy people talking in rooms. It can be about a variety of subjects. It could be a you know courtroom drama. It could be a rom com. It could be a period piece. Um, but I love smartly written dialogue. Sometimes it's like that rat a tat musical type of Aaron Sorkin-y of it all. Sometimes yeah, I feel it's like kind you of, re- you like really like quippy movies. I do like a quippy movie. I do like a. It depends on how much attention I'm giving to it, but like a subtle conversation where there's a lot of power moves within yeah. that. But um, but at the same time, I love a good action set piece um, and some well uh, choreographed either, you know, martial arts sequences or car chases. And I can appreciate that part of it as well. So that, that's probably like a good synopsis of that. Amanda, what, what kind yeah. of movies do you like? I think those are good bullet points for you. So I like a lot of movies where I can't guess the ending. So I've seen a lot of films and you've probably at this point caught up or seen have, have seen more than me, but I like grew up watching a lot of movies and I kind of noticed the pattern of films pretty quickly. And so I like any sort of like thriller or horror or like any sort of like crime movie. This These tend to be dramas as well. Um, I like, you know, a good Oscar bait is always going to catch my attention, but then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, I love a movie musical, an old one, a new one. I truly cannot wait for the new West Side Story movie. We saw a trailer during the Oscars. I cried. It's going to be great. <laughs> to that point, you cried and I was like, I saw the trailer starting. I'm like, oh, I can check my phone right now. That's probably fair. But those are uh, some of the movies that I like. But how did you kind of get into movies? Um, I think we're going to have similar stories on this. We both grew up in the desert. And so summertime meant either going to a pool or staying inside in some creative way. And so in Vegas, especially, that meant going to a casino to naturally go bowling or go to the movies. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, There was a particular summer in the Outer Banks, North Carolina, where I had a lot of time on my hands and I just spent it at the movie theater because I had nothing else to do. So I watched a lot of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince before <laughs> I had even read the books. So I really enjoyed that movie that age weirdly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and also watched Toy Story 3 by myself and may or may have not shed a tear because Toy Story 3. Um, it's a crier. But then, you know, you get to college and you uh, or you just grow up and you kind of learn the artistic parts of movies. I came to that really late. Um and so, honestly, a big part of my courtship of movies and the whole film of it all is was MoviePass, one of the best businesses with the worst business structure. May it rest in peace. <laughs> like that, what eight month period where MoviePass was hidden was like it was it was it was free for all. I watched so many movies. Uh, I, I earned so many regal points, rewards points, and. Ate so much free popcorn because of that. Um, but really, like that, so that's why, like, a lot of movies in 2017, 2018 are some of my favorites because I went to a theater and watched, you know, Phantom Thread or Lady Bird for like the fourth time by mm-hmm. myself. So I came to it really late in terms of like loving movies. Yeah. So similar background. Uh, I, you grew up in Vegas, I grew up in Phoenix. You know, there's not much to do when you're, too young to drive or too young to like kind of be by yourself. Um, but you're like just old enough to have like a little independence and 
we went to a lot of movies. I've been kicked out of a lot of movie theaters. I was a pretty annoying child, um, <laughs> but I saw a lot of movies. My mom really likes movies. I went to a lot of movies with her. Um, she also really likes scary movies, and so we're kind of the only people in each other's lives that love a good horror film, so we'll try to go together almost every time. And, yeah, I, I think – at a, like a relatively young age, like probably early high school, I started to notice trends in like directors or actors that I really liked. And being a 2000s uh, goth child, I really loved Tim Burton. And <laughs> I felt, but like I could recognize like this movie looks different than this movie because of the person who's making it. And I think that that like helped me think pretty like critically about movies. Like at a relatively young age, but I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but yeah, I just like grew up watching a lot of movies just cause there was not much else, not much else to do in the summertime in Arizona. I love thinking about high school, Amanda wearing some like vans and like walking to a theater with like listening to fallout boy. Um, Yes, that's you nailed it. <laughs> so, so, but to that point of like, okay, you were already paying attention to like, this is a Tim Burton movie or whatever. Um, and I kind of alluded to it with the whole movie pass point, but like, what movies made you realize like, it, like it unlocked that key in your brain where like movies can be art or movie like movies could be more than just you know going to a theater for like two hours and watching whatever like you know quote unquote cinema. Yeah. So I think that one that I think I didn't know in the moment made me feel that way, but I think about now retrospectively was the M. Night Shyamalan movie Signs, which is probably like not even that good of a movie, though I, I have like a strange attachment to it. But Amanda, I was like, let me tell you, it holds up. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I watched it last year. It was great. But uh I think it was a movie, and this is very like early M. Night Shyamalan. Some things have kind of dropped off, but um, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I thought, and but it wasn't like jump out at you scary. And it had like capital A actors in it. And there are like lines from that movie that my mom and I still quote all the time. There, if you saw it, right? Yeah, the my best friends showed it to me after much uh pandering and much persuasion they're like it's not that scary zach it's not that scary but i digress <laughs> i think that was an early one but the one that i can viscerally remember being like i didn't know you could make movies like this was reservoir dogs and that might be like the most cliche like i was 16 years old answer but I watched it. I was watching it with like my high school boyfriend. It was a movie that he had just like discovered and wanted to show it to me. And I remember when it ended, I just looked at him and was like, what? Wait, what? Play it again. <laughs> what? They did? what? That's how it ends? And I, I really like took a critical eye at it the second time. And I think that was like the first time I was like, oh, there are movies and there are films and I get it. But since then, I think a couple others, uh, two more that I discovered like in high school, uh, children of men, which we, uh, actually are going to watch on this podcast. I'm very excited. I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, that was one that a, like a high school teacher at like suggested to me and we would chat about it at lunch and things like that. Just, you know, just, 
Amanda went to private school, nerdy things. And (laughs) I was also big on Tumblr as a teen. Once again, I alluded to being emo and (laughs) being a teenager. So of course, like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was very big on Tumblr. And I didn't like not knowing what all the screen grabs were from. So I watched that movie and it crushed me at a very <laughs> young age. So I that one is always one where I was like, oh, this is like a piece of art. This is way more than anything I've ever seen. I think a very specifically mid-90s, like, are we early millennial, late millennial, whatever the that butts up against Gen Z uh, yeah. that influenced our intake of the culture. And I'm doing like hand motions when I say the culture is tumblr for better or worse like mm-hmm. i also watched the total sunshine of the spotless mind because i was like what are all these gift sets about like why is jim carrey sad what um <laughs> why is mark ruffalo <laughs> dancing in his underwear what's happening yeah. who why is mary jane watson in a different movie <laughs> <laughs> where is spider-man <laughs> that's what eternal sunshine is actually missing is a spider-man cameo <laughs> so basically what sony and marvel have done over the last like decade and a half has eternal sunshine our own minds about the different spider-men <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> and then i'd say another one that uh really hit me was in college i mean i actually saw it with you and we saw arrival just kind of randomly um and that one really really stuck with me of like oh wow yeah that was a that was a big big one i mean shout out to amy adams um to kind of segue like i also had a reservoir dogs experience and i think it's interesting (laughs) that our that our tarantino i don't know introductions or proper introductions were reservoir dogs as mm-hmm. opposed to, I feel like it's usually Pulp Fiction for people. Um, but I remember, I, I'm the youngest of six siblings. And there's so many things when you're the youngest that you see your siblings participating in that they're like, mm, not yet. Yeah. But I remember all my siblings wanted to watch Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. And they're like, Zach, you need to go upstairs. Like, we, you can't watch this yet. So one mm-hmm. summer, again, in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, where I spent a lot of summers, um, my sister was like, okay, Zach, it, it's time. It's time. You can, <laughs> like you can watch this movie. And honestly, at that, at that time, I was like, what was the point of any of that? I don't understand why, you know, people were sad or, you know, just a very 12 year old boy way to look at it. Um, and obviously in revisiting all of that, it was cool. It was just one of those first movies where it was like, oh, I don't know if that was a happy ending um Mm -hmm. it didn't really affect me like moving forward until much later but uh i think the first movie that i kind of actively sought out and again this was tumblr influenced was place beyond the pines with uh ryan gosling and bradley cooper and it was one of those movies that i just i didn't really know anything about other than ryan gosling bleached his hair and rode a motorcycle which is really all you need to know about most things it has some like you can go either way on the tattoos. I think they look great. Um, but that's a movie where I'll, it was the first movie where it felt like my secret, where it was yeah. like, wow, like, oh, you haven't watched that movie. Like, you should watch this movie. Um, you were like on the other side of the conversation for the first time. Yeah, I felt like I was kind of on the in crowd of of this super specific movie. Um, yeah. And then I mentioned it before. Um, Lady Bird uh, that introduced like again. This is a podcast about uh, us opening doors to different circles of 
the movie world. But Lady Bird really opened me up to one, the Greta Gerwig, Noah Baumbach universe, as mm-hmm. well as learning who Saoirse Ronan was. Uh, and now she's one of the most important actors in my life. Um, and I watched that movie two or three times. And it's one of those movies that's really hard to like tell people to watch it. They're like, what is it about? And you're just like, nothing. A girl in high school in Sacramento. It's really dope. Like, <laughs> Beanie Feldstein's in it. Please give it a watch. <laughs> yeah, but it's also one of those movies that's like, it just hits all my pleasure sensors of uh, conversations that both matter and don't matter. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that, it just shout out to Ladyberg and Greta Gerwig. <laughs> that's a really good movie. That I that was one movie I, I got to watch like by myself and it was right after we graduated college, if I believe, and it was, it really hit. Amanda, what I think we've kind of got at is that we have very different movie tastes and our upbringings because of that have kind of swayed us one way or the other. And so to get to our blind spots, you know, what are some of those, those darker parts of the movie history where you're just like, you know, blindly going through the forest? Totally. So I think the most obvious one when it comes to me is going to be action films. I've seen none of the uh, Fast and the Furious movies. Like that's like a huge spot in like cult in like culture. No matter if those movies like are going to win any Oscars or not. Like in film culture and film history, that's a big franchise. Um, yeah, I think that that's like a really big one. And there's a lot of movies that up until last year when I sort of did my movie project that I assume are very, um, how do I want to say this? I assume are very geared toward men. It's like made by men, written by men, acted by men, and then men go watch it about men (laughs) that I've missed also. Um, Some are better than others, as I discovered. Rocky, great movie. Um, (laughs) One that I had just made that assumption about. But a lot of those sorts of films kind of are sitting in my blind spot because I never thought that it really appealed to me. But as I learned in my project last year, some of them are, are worth watching. Soon we'll get you to watch Rocky 2 at some point. At some point. I know there's like a hundred of them I have to watch or something. You, yes, but you know what? I'm glad you watched the first one and liked it. I like how you like you shouted out two of my favorite movie franchises, one being Rocky and two being the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, yeah, which is why we're doing this project together. Which is exactly <laughs> why we're doing this project. And to that point, my own blind spots. First, it's a lot of 2000s movies, a lot of like those mm-hmm. comedies. Uh, I grew up in a... Mostly like we're watching sports movies, Disney movies, wholesome watches, Mm -hmm. and a lot of those like screwball 2000s comedies were just not in my bag. But the biggest one where I'm literally walking through the dark and scared of everything that's coming (laughs) to jump at me is thriller and horror movies. Like I don't do horror well. Something I'll come clean about is before I watch a movie that seems a little scary, I'll look up the family-friendly rating. There's like some website that tells you like if it's okay for your 12-year-old to watch or whatever. I love that. And I'll check that so as to like make sure I'll be okay. Um, And I'm trying to grow out of that as a person in his mid-20s and trying to, you know, challenge myself. But we don't have to get into that.
This episode of the Blind Spotters podcast is not at all sponsored by Songbird Coffee in downtown Phoenix. Not a sponsor, but a strong recommendation. Go over, get a cold brew growler. You can get 32 ounces of refillable cold brew. Get an ice dirty chai. Do the sweet and spicy combo. That is my favorite. Say hi from Zach and Amanda. We don't have a discount code for you, but they will know who sent you. Support Songbird and support your local businesses. What we could get into, and this is part of the whole introducing us to your ears, I guess. Um, so you kind of understand where we're coming from. And just because we want to shout out some movies we love, uh, Amanda and I are going to go through our top five favorite movies. These are favorite. We don't think that they're the best, or maybe we do think they're the best, but um, do you just want to bounce back and forth? Yeah, I, I think that uh, they kind of come for me in no real order. But when people think about, when people ask like, oh, it's your favorite movie. I'd probably list one of these movies, but I'd say the movie I've seen the most is going to be David Fincher's Zodiac. It's definitely one I rewatch. I can watch like 11 minutes of it and it will satisfy me because I know what every part of that movie is like. But uh, yeah, I love the movie Zodiac. That's a movie I watched on an airplane for the first time, which you know is exactly how David Fincher intended. Um, Yes, that's how he made it. There's no shame in this podcast. Uh, Absolutely not. Watch movies however you can. But yeah, when I think of the quintessential Amanda movie, I I do think of Zodiac because of one, David Fincher, two, uh, suspense, crime, murder, thriller, and three, uh, Mark – wait, is Mark Ruffalo in that movie? Mm -hmm. He plays a detective that eats animal crackers. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, Mark Ruffalo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which are like, you know, the three building blocks of the Amanda Liberto house. Yeah, <laughs> we love all of those things in this house. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll start with my number five because I do like ranking things, uh, which I work in sports, so that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Um, number five is The Philadelphia Story, 1940 movie, Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, Jimmy Stewart. Um, just, again, people talking and in beautiful locations. I think they're rich people and it's just very fun banter. And it's fun to see these like Titanic movie stars all kind of like going at and with each other. And there's a part where Jimmy Stewart is drunk on champagne and hiccuping. And like, you can visibly (laughs) see Cary Grant, like trying not to laugh. And there's a whole like backstory from the production of like who wanted to like flirt with who and who was like attracted to who. And there's the whole, uh, you know, drama of it all behind the scenes. Um, and that's a movie I watched for the first time last year, and I probably rewatched it probably three or four times. It's like instantly became a sort of comfort movie. And also because it's like a bridge to one of my sister's favorite movies, High Society, which mm-hmm. is literally just a musical adaptation of it with Grace Kelly, Frank Sinatra, and Bing Crosby. So Incredible. like those two movies kind of uh, became like a, a throwback where I can just hang out with all my famous friends in the 40s. Yeah, so my movie that's my next movie I was going to mention is actually kind of a similar story. Uh, but the 1970s classic Grease is one of my all time favorite movies. I can quote every line of it, but I have such like a visceral memory of watching it for the very first time. I was in the fourth grade, it was fall break, and I watched it on like TV, and I immediately had to go to Blockbuster and rent it. And then I think over fall break, I watched it maybe 10 more times. Like I was instantly hooked. Uh, I know every line in that movie. It's 
it is like a it's a feel good film for me where I don't have to think too much and just like my beautiful famous friends are gonna you know fall in and out of love and I I think that one day I should write a book about defending the ending of Greece but you know that's for another story <laughs> I think the greatness of Greece for me was that I never really understood what was happening in the movie other than <laughs> <laughs> Other than there was these two, like these, there was these two people who like kind of had a summer thing, and then and then he was being a jerk. But like the, as far as the plot, yeah, I was like, oh that's wait, the movie. <laughs> I, every every time I've watched it up until probably like the last two or three times five years ago was like, why are they racing? Like, <laughs> why is there a car? Like, and uh, did she just like disappear and become like curly headed Sandy now? Like, what when did this happen? Like, I have a lot of questions every single time I watch, but that, also that's not the point. <laughs> Yeah, it's also not a perfect movie. <laughs> There's a lot going on, but <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna go with my number four here, and I kind of cheated, and I just put in the outline insert Paul Thomas Anderson movie here, mm-hmm. um, and that's because I kind of have just like a rotating uh, choice of which late PTA movie I want to watch. So usually that's like There Will Be Blood or Phantom Thread or Inherent Vice. Or the master, and it kind of just depends on what mood I'm in. Right now, it's a there will be blood mood, which is kind of insane. What a mood! In- <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what that says about me, but I really just like firing up 20 minute sections of there will be blood, which means you get to see like two different shots. But yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson. I think in the venture of trying to discover new movies and 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 learn about movie history and all that, you can get into some pockets of you can get into ruts where movies just aren't good. Or they're mm-hmm. not hitting for you. And uh, when I really just need a, a hit of cinematic dopamine, I kind of just go to Paul Thomas Anderson because I just feel like he's a director who's in real like command of whatever he wants the movie to be. Um, and the funny part is the first PTA movie I saw was Phantom Thread in 2018. Like This is a very new bound love for me. So number four is whatever PTA movie, 2007 and on. Yeah, I think that this podcast is definitely like pro PTA. Like I love Paul Thomas Anderson as well. That was one that I really discovered last year. And while I like a lot of the uh, late movies from him, obviously There Will Be Blood is is really, really high up there. Those first few really blew me away. Like I think I could watch Boogie Nights every day for the rest of my life. (laughs) Like it's so fun. I love the like, in like just the inherent chaos that is Magnolia. There is not a breath in that whole film. And then I think where we kind of overlap is I love the master. That movie is so good, but I also have like a weird obsession with Scientology and it is (laughs) definitely based on Scientology, whether or not PTA will admit it or not. Um, But my next movie (laughs) that I, Hey, if there's like a whole section on your Wikipedia for that movie about like its connection, it's connected. That's all I got to say. But another movie that uh, I really love is going to be Juno. That was a movie uh, in that sort of like 2000s era that I was like, oh, I this movie is like geared toward me, but is smart. And I think that that was not always a thing, especially for like movies about young girls or like women, um, young women specifically were kind of like dumbed down or they were like, they had a sort of poppy filter over them. And I really loved just like the 
just like the honesty and the bluntness of Juno. And it's one of my favorite movies to quote. I, I, I like Juno a lot. That one's really fun. I feel like we've also talked about uh, how growing up when we did, it was kind of like pick your one or two Michael Sarah movies. We talked about this on your other podcast, Indulge with Amanda Luberto. Subscribe to it on all podcast forms. It's very fun. Um, Thank you. But yeah, yours was definitely Juno. I was uh, definitely the Nick and Nora Infinite Playlist guy. And strictly because it was like, everybody loves Juno. Everybody loves. But uh, obviously a good movie. Love Juno. Um, an important movie for several reasons. Shout out to Elliot Page. Forever. Number two. Or no, we're on, I can't count. Three? Are we on three? Okay. I have a lot of movies that I've fallen in love with recently. Uh, perhaps no like two movies more than Before Sunrise, Before Sunset. That's Richard Linklater's movies with Ethan Hawke and Julia Depley. Uh, I'm more of a sunset guy right now. That's the sequel. Um, mm -hmm. Partially because it's 80 minutes. Partially because there's a familiarity into the way the dialogue happens and the conversations that are had. And But it's informed from Before Sunrise. Like So be because of the first movie, the second movie is richer, which I guess mm -hmm. is what you want from a sequel in general. But... Mm -hmm. uh, two people walking around Europe in beautiful places, having conversations about important and unimportant things about life. And somehow that creates a narrative. And uh, yeah, I, those movies rule. I love, I still have to watch before midnight, which I know is crazy because I've rewatched sunrise and sunset so often in the last eight months, but it's, it's one that I have to hit soon, but yeah. Yeah, those movies are great. I also watched them uh, within the last year and a half for the first time. Very pretty. Uh, but my last two of my like top movies are ones I know you've never seen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just because I, I didn't even have to ask you. Uh, but Poltergeist, the original Poltergeist, is one of my favorite movies. Is definitely a film I watched as a young child, which was not okay. You should not let your children watch this movie. <laughs> but one time somebody asked me what my favorite movie was as a kid, and this is the first thing I thought of. <laughs> Which I think they were trying to ask me what kids movie I liked growing up, but that wasn't my answer. Again, I know we're both individuals who have had individual histories, but my five-year-old self was saying his favorite movie was Jerry Maguire. Very different. Way more appropriate. <laughs> but I didn't know my parents would skip the first like five minutes of that movie every time. That's for reasons obvious if you've seen the movie. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm going to do my top two real quick because Amanda's makes more sense. But my number two is Lady Bird. I talked about that movie. Uh, it's a fun movie that keeps aging better because you have, again, Saoirse Ronan. You have Timothy Chalamet. I can't wait for Dune to come out. And you also have like <laughs> Lucas Hedges. Uh, and you get the introduction to Greta Gerwig as a director and writer um, on her own for the first time. Uh, lots to love about that movie. Also, a tight 90 minutes. Real quick aside about that movie, I went to Sacramento for the first time uh, a couple summers ago, and one of our mutual friends kind of low-key like drove me around Sacramento. We were going to go to dinner, and he just was like, oh yeah, here's the bridge they drive by. Here's the blue house from Lady Bird. And he's like, he's pulling up really slowly. He goes, dude, you can roll down the window and take a picture. Like He very much understood why I love that. <laughs> like, I love that movie so much. Um, it's one of my favorite memories. Uh, my number one movie is in movie conversations i always feel like slight shame for it because it's no, not this like is a, a good movie i know I, but it's not like a prestige or like a super like you know whatever it's a it's a spin-off off of an 80s series it's creed this movie has no reason to be as great as it is but it is and i will defend it till the day i die because it's the perfect 
blend of nostalgia and also starting a new story and also Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan and also the one shot fight scene and also the Rocky theme song drop. There's a lot of perfect moments in this movie, um, but it's my number one because it just blends kind of everything I love about movies into one. I think that Creed is like a very well-respected movie, despite the fact that it's like Rocky 29 or whatever. Uh, But I think people like even who are like into like quote unquote film are like that. That's a good movie. I have had several conversations with people who also love movies in this way. And every time they're like, what's your favorite movie? And I say Creed, I just see like the, like their eyes glaze over and they're oh, like, no, <laughs> maybe <laughs> my assumption like, is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's fine. Like, I don't feel that bad about it. I just see it every single time. So sometimes I'll just be like, oh, my favorite movie is There Will Be Blood or whatever, um, <laughs> <laughs> because that just sounds like the smarter answer. But again, bait. <laughs> part, part of the bones of this podcast is like no shame in what we love and enjoying all parts of movies, whether that's the Fast and Furious franchise or whether that's, you know, whether or not David Fincher should have won an Oscar already for the social network and everything in between. But Amanda, what is your, I guess not your number one, but your fifth top five movie? Yeah. So I think that before I I get to my last one, I did want to say that some of my favorite directors, I did talk about PTA and um, I talked a little bit about Fincher, but if someone asked me like what my top 10 movies are, I would just sort of list all of the movies he's ever made, which doesn't make for interesting podcasting, but it is true. And uh, the craziest thing I've heard you say is that the girl with the dragon tattoo is like a comfort movie. Yeah, it is. Uh, you can talk to <laughs> one Cam Neely about that as well. He defended me. Um, and then my guy, Wes Anderson, I couldn't pick a movie to put on the list because they all, it is like a collection to me and we're going to watch a Wes Anderson movie. I think that it's the one that people who don't have a lot of introduction to him should watch first. That's what I sort of chose for that. But Wes is in, in my pantheon of people. Um, But my last movie is actually going to be one of the movies that we do very first it's gonna be our first movie swap and it is silence of the lambs that movie is absolutely perfect i watched it a dozen times it was anthony hopkins first oscar as we just won anthony hopkins second oscar this past week but it it hits in all of the right moments it is just the appropriate amount of length it the way it's shot is just so good and it is both like, like if you don't like horror, but you like movies, it's still worth watching. And that's why I chose it for your first movie um, to watch in our movie swap. Yeah, I'm super stoked about this one. I almost watched this movie a few months ago and I texted Amanda. I'm like, should I save it for this podcast that we haven't started yet? And she gave me an all caps. Yes. Uh, so it's one that's been on the radar, obviously, for a long time. Um, super stoked about it and kind of timely with the Anthony Hopkins factor. Amanda, have you seen The Father? No. <laughs> it was the one best picture movie I didn't see and apparently the one I needed to see. <laughs> maybe that'll be her. Maybe we're also going to do like mutual first watches. Maybe we'll watch The Father together. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll um, see. Maybe if it's not $20, but we'll find yeah, out. It's a lot of money. I miss going to the movie theater, um, which I guess could also be $20. But anyway, uh, yeah, super stoked for that movie. Two 
continue our little first episode preview at the tail end of this intro podcast. Um, Amanda's movie she's going to watch for the first time is A Few Good Men, which is a movie I suggested with the thought that she had already seen it and then had to refrain from saying, oh my God, you haven't seen it yet? Uh, yeah. Myself. So we're you know working on ourselves at the same time as working on our movie histories. Yeah. I mean, it's. I feel the same way about A Few Good Men as you do about Science of the Lambs, which I think is why it makes a very perfect first episode. It's a movie that has been on my long list for a really long time. I know it's a movie I should have seen by now. It has amazing acting, all that good stuff. Um, I also enjoy movies about people talking. I somehow finagled my way into talking for a living. So it is what I enjoy. So uh, I'm really excited to watch A Few Good Men also. Yeah, it'll be a fun when you get the old 90s courtroom drama. You probably get peak sorkin question mark um and i have an embarrassing story related to a few good men that i'll share on that podcast but we'll get there when we get there um amanda as we kind of circle out here uh is there anything else you want to share about you know your favorite movies the movies you love what this podcast will be yeah i mean of the two of us I mean, I, we joke that you are post television, um, but I am definitely prestige television is my first love. Uh, but movies really mean a lot to me. I love watching movies. I love actors. I love talking critically about the things that I love. And I'm really excited. I think that obviously we're we're doing some movie swaps and we're going to do some for mutual first watches. So we sort of have our movie homework, but we also watch a lot of movies on our own. So what is on your current uh, to watch list? Yeah. And I'll also mention that this is probably how we're going to end every episode of our show is to just let you behind the curtain as to what our to watch lists are. Um, I have a trio that I've kind of been looking at this week. Um, the first one is this movie called Rush. It's that like Formula One racing movie with uh, Daniel Bruhl and Chris Hemsworth, um, which I keep seeing is like underrated or some people kind of uh, juxtapose with Ford versus Ferrari and all that stuff. But um, having just spent so much fun time with Daniel Bruhl in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I was like, you know, what? it's time. Um, and then the other one is Devil in a Blue Dress, Denzel movie. That's all you need to know. <laughs> It'll probably be a good time. And then the last one is Mistress America. Uh, again, Greta Gerwig, Noah Baumbach, uh, mid-20s person in New York, like messing up their life, but also trying to figure it out. I'm very close to almost having watched all of Noah Baumbach's movies, and my checklist brain like kind of just needs that. And that's mm -hmm. part of like why I love going through these movies, because I can just like go through a an actor's or a director's uh, filmography and kind of just like knock those things off and kind of have that hit of satisfaction that okay check 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 mm -hmm. um so but also at the same time i, I genuinely love noah bombeck and Greta gerwig so uh mistress america is probably that, that other one what about you absolutely mine are a little more obvious <laughs> than yours uh two movies that have been on my uh queue for a while that i feel like i just need to finally go for um, are going to be Argo and Risky Business, two very opposite movies, <laughs> very different moods. But uh, yeah, those are films that I don't even want to give people the opportunity to say, I can't believe you've never seen that. So I'm just trying to trying to beat the rush there. <laughs> I like it. I also like the Risky Business choice as a, like a preview into getting into uh, A Few Good Men. Yeah, that's a good one. But I'm excited for this. I'm just excited to watch movies and talk about them with my best friend.
Yeah, buddy. That's the goal. <laughs> it's going to be great. And you can check more things off your list, which is all we want to do, right? This is true. We've Our brains have melted into just wanting to at least check things off of our lists. So you guys can expect a new episode the second Monday of every month. Um, now you know what movies to watch before you listen to the next episode. It's going to be A Few Good Men and Silence of the Lambs if you've not seen them or if you want a refresher. Uh, there were, of course, will be spoilers in every episode as we need to talk about the movies in whole. But uh, I hope you guys come along for the ride. Let us know what movies you think we should be watching. You can follow us on Instagram at Blind Spotters Pod. Um, we're going to be posting some fun stuff and letting you guys know what sort of your movie homework is. And you can follow me on social media at Amanda Luberto, both on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Pocklib, or if you're a letterbox person, I've really fallen in love with letterbox for better or worse. I don't know if I'm like just morphing into like a, a reptile of a film bro there, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you also want like to see previews of my thoughts on certain movies. Uh, I'll probably leave them there as well. I would like to state for the record that I was on Letterboxd before Zach. I just didn't like it. And then I left and then he found it and loved it and then tried to get me back. <laughs> we can't win them all. And look, and we all. won't love all the, we won't live, love all the movies that we, we find, but we will at least shine some light on our blind spots. Bye guys. Bye guys.